Welcome to Flopography, where we revisit old pop albums that are known by many, not because of their critical or commercial success, but because of their lack thereof. These albums received the designation of flop. But did we give them a fair shake? This is episode one of Flopography, and today we are reviewing Lady Gaga Art Pop. Uh, welcome, guys. I'm Steve Mariani. I'm based in San Francisco. Uh, I work for the New York Times as a creative advertising professional. I live in San Francisco with my wife, Jenny. Um, and I've always been uh, really interested in pop music. As a kid, I wanted to be Casey Kasem, um, which some people might not even know, which is today's Ryan Seacrest, who hosts American Top 40. Um, I used to play the top 10 in my car, driving my parents and my brother and sister nuts uh, on family road trips. I also took a pop music course with uh, a guy named Clarence, who must be really proud of me right now because now I've translated it to a podcast. Um, <laughs> and that was back at Northwestern. But now uh, I'm really excited to, to co-host this podcast with Mike, um, who, who is uh, my wife's best friend. So we're the, the two men in Jenny, my wife Jenny's life. Uh, so she's brought us together to, to bring you this this exquisite audio, but I'll turn it over to you, Mike. Yeah, I'm her uh, ex-work husband, and that's how Steve and I met. Uh, Jenny is now in San Francisco. She left me, she separated with me, and she's <laughs> over here, but it's okay. I get to now be best friends uh, with her husband and with this amazing podcast. So my name is Michael Kuros. You can call, you can call me Mike. Um, I am obsessed with pop music. I love it. I live it. I breathe it. Um, I have a, another podcast on the side called Bop to This Music, and, but uh, kind of like Steve, actually, I didn't know this about you, but um, I didn't want to be a radio host when I was a kid, but I said a toy called Radio DJ, and it literally, you can broadcast music through the actual radio, through AM radio, and I would do that like every Friday night at my dad's house, and I would put in like, uh, you know, through a CD line, actual music and pop it in, and you can hear on AM radio. It's really cool. So That's like crazy. I It's funny. Like I used to sit up and record, like I would wait for the music to play on the local FM and I would, record record on a cassette tape? I would record it on a cassette tape. Yeah. I did that too. <laughs> so we are no, I, life, I, no I would stay outside with my dad's big ass boom box and I would like get cassette tapes. And I'm like, okay, Missy Elliott, work it, put it on. And like, that's how I would like, like, contrived music compared to now these days. I'm, I'm dating myself when I said the bare naked ladies one week. I remember waiting like an hour or no, no, like hours for that one to come on the radio. And I would then take it and create top tens yeah. uh, for, for uh, road trips. But yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad that, that uh, this has brought us together. So that's a little background about us. Um, but we wanna dive into the record at hand today, um, which is Lady Gaga's Art Pop. Um, so before we dive into the actual um, album, uh, I wanna share a little bit of context of, of you know, our, our viewpoint on Lady Gaga as a whole. Um, I, can, I can start. Um, you know, I've always thought Lady Gaga is super talented. Um, you know, I actually became a, a fan of Gaga back. Uh, she performed at the MTV Video Music Awards. And what's what's interesting is today, 
um, which you know dated uh, of this episode recording of August, August 13th. She announced that she's performing at the VMAs this year, um, but she performed at the VMAs back in 2009. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Mike, but she performed Paparazzi um, and she ended the performance uh, you know, basically uh, committing suicide and she was drenched in blood, which side story, one of my friends actually dressed up as that uh, for Halloween, which scared the living hell out of everybody. Nobody knew she was actually Lady Gaga. But uh, the funny part about that is, is that it really, um, you know, it, that performance was pretty powerful. And I think one of the things that Lady Gaga has that other pop artists don't have is that she is an incredible performer um, she can create records, she can create movies, uh, but I think it's her live performances that really like transcend her to another level and which what has made me a fan of her to this day. But I'm interested in hearing what you have to say, Mike. You know, it's funny you say live performances that have made her incredible. Like, I think she's good at live performances. I like, she's entertaining. I wouldn't say yeah. she's amazing as like, like a, I'm not a huge Beyonce fan and that's unpopular opinion, but like Beyonce has stage presence, right? Like she knows how to dance. She knows how to sing live. Like she's just added a whole nother level. Like I think Lady Gaga is entertaining. And I think that's probably part of the reason why and how I started to like her back in 2008 when she came on the scene with Just Dance, like she was interesting, right? And I think Just Dance was a cute song. I didn't really care for it, but Poker Face came out and I was obsessed. I literally would choreograph Song, uh, dance routines, that song with my campers when I was a camp counselor. Like I was obsessed with it. And I, um, I mean, I've always been, I've always liked her, I appreciated her. I gotta say like, she's not my top, top, top artist, but this album, however, as we'll get into is one of my favorite albums by her. Um, so you're not a little monster. No, I'm a little monster. Okay, I've seen her like probably live like three or four times. So I think that yeah. qualifies me as a little monster. I've actually never been to her show. So when I speak about her performances and stage presence, it's always like transcending like um, the the medium of TV, right? So like, yeah. I think that like when you say that, I think what she has that Beyonce doesn't, and I don't want to compare them because I think they're both great in their own right. But Lady Gaga has a theatrical background that I think like, um, I think, it makes it feel a little bit more like a show. I don't think she's the best dancer and, and all of that. Um, but just giving you a little background about why I, why I feel that way. Um, and I think as we move into like setting the stage of like what we were doing, where we were at, what type of music we were listening to at the time, Mike, take us back to, to Mike Kirez 2013 when the album came out, what were you listening to? What like what was your life like? Uh, I'd love to hear it. 2013 is hands down one of my favorite musical years. Um, it's funny because today, as I was driving to get my haircut, prepping for this podcast, I'm like, God, 2013 was a year. It was the year. Uh, Miley Cyrus and her resurgence as this new pop artist. Um, I think EDM started to really kind of hit the mainstream waves. Like Cruella was a thing, um, and then you had this like resurgence of pop artists like Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, and Britney were all releasing these albums and gearing up for these major releases. So I um, was definitely younger in my 20s and out and about every single night, um, didn't have a care of the world, no responsibility except for college starting in the fall and you know, all that good stuff. But like, uh, it was so a really- to art pop at the clubs is what you're trying to say. Oh, definitely, 100%. Like I heard <laughs> at the club. So I got to live it, I got to live it. but. 
2013 was hands down amazing year and our pop came at an amazing time for that. How about you? Yeah. Um, so 2013, I was living in Chicago um, before I moved out here to San Francisco. Um, I, I like, I have to say, I, I've, and preparing for the show, I was thinking about like, what is, what type of music do I really love? And it, it like, it doesn't really matter. It's more of like what the song sounds like. It's less about a genre of music. Um, Cause I'd say like this skews very much like EDM and that was not my space of like, uh, of, of music that I typically liked. Um, but, you know, Macklemore came out that year. I was listening to a lot of Macklemore. I remember I visited Seattle uh, not too long ago. I'm not as much of a Macklemore fan. By the way, what happened to him? Um, I, <laughs> I think him and Ryan Lewis broke up and, and that's what happened. But, um, but I remember like wanting to see where the thrift shop video was filmed in Seattle because it was um, it was done nearby where my friend lived. Like it was just a really like exciting time. I remember like um, a friends and I tried to kind of recreate the Harlem Shake, which was also really popular at the time. Um, and, and a lot of those like viral hits in 2013. It was just a really like crazy year of music if you look back between like what you said with Miley and like with Gaga with, you know, um, some of these more like streaming heavy hits and, and rap too. It was, it was kind of a crazy year. Our pop came out November 6, 2013. Um, you know, just setting the stage of the world, Illinois and Hawaii had become the 15th and 16th state to approve same-sex marriages. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M. Put your paws up, because you were born this way, baby. Gaga coming into art pop was was at her career peak. Um, you know, in, in terms of what what prior what she pr released prior, um, she was coming off of Born This Way, um, which Mike the first week sales 1.1 million, um, which inflated was, though, totally inflated by inflated Amazon. Inflated by the Amazon deal? Are you? <laughs> Yeah, Amazon deal album. No, I mean, that doesn't count. I'm sorry, Gaga. She was okay without stripped out from Amazon. She sold just over six hundred thousand, okay. which, like, you know, in, in that day, that's pretty pretty successful mm -hmm. for a uh, for a pop artist. Um, and that's those are like Taylor Swift and Eminem numbers. Nobody gets those. Um, so, what what's interesting though? I read an article, and I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on this in terms of like looking back on Gaga. Um, so, her album sales and first week album sales are usually indicative of like the previous album success. So she's coming off of um, the Fame and the Fame Monster, which produced six number one pop song hits. So those are six radio number ones on pop. They she also you know her first seven songs. We're in the top 10. Actually, she didn't release a song that didn't make the Billboard Hot 100 top 10 until Marry the Night um, on, on Born This Way. And that was the fifth single. Which um, is an amazing song, by the way. Yeah, I, don't know and, you know. I, I heard that. But I'm curious to think, like, like what were what was your reaction to Born This Way at the time? Were you, were you a fan? I liked Born This Way a lot. Um, it was a much more longer and expansive album than our pop. Um, I think with Born This Way, she was coming into her her weirdness, her own, and developing her own shtick, right? Like she had this thing now, and she had it pat down and was just going at it. 
the songs were amazing, but to your point that really resonated me, like when you have a very successful album, mind you, inflated numbers for her, um, you are automatically going to be set up for potential failure with your next release. Yeah. Um, we saw Lady uh, Katy Perry have that same issue, right? Teenage Dream into Prism that same year, Britney Spears with um, her last album, Femme Patel into Britney Jean, like you're just going to set yourself for failure. So. Um, it was a great album, but I think either way, no matter which direction this album was going to go, automatically she was going to be compared and rated towards her last one. The numbers for Art Pop specifically. Uh, so coming off of that 1.1, Art Pop sold 258,000 uh, first in the first week. So, I mean, that's a pretty significant come down, even if it's that 600 number, that's about... 50% of that. Um, and for comparison's sake, Miley Cyrus, you mentioned her bangers came out with 270. So that beat Gaga. Uh, and Katy Perry came out with 286 for Prism. The Hot 100 peaks for, for our pop. Applause hit number four. Um, this, this shocked me and I actually dug up the video for this one. Dope hit number eight. And it, then it fell after two weeks. And the Hot 100? It, it was number eight on the Hot 100. And you, what? you no know, way. it was aided by this performance at the YouTube Music Awards. I need you more than hope. Need you more than hope. Need you more than hope. I need you more than hope. She was just like bawling, crying as she performed it. I watched it. It was, it was really awkward. And, in the sense of like her high note, she wasn't hitting like, uh, anyway, it, it got the song to number eight, do what you want. Uh, and then Venus was number 32 and guy hit 76 for one week. So she did have two top tens. V do what you want was on the chart for about 20 weeks. And then in terms of the album, to, to, to date, it sold 1.5 million copies, total units, I should say. Um, and the, the media critic score was 61 for Art Pop. Um, and Gaga's really, I mean, it, it actually isn't that bad compared to like the Fame got a 71, um, Fame Monster got a 78, Born This Way a 71, and Cheek to Cheek got a 64, even though it won a Grammy. So I, I want you to tell me, Mike, your initial reaction, that back 2013 mic about to like hit up Mad River in Chicago. <laughs> <out> of the <laughs> um, tell me about, uh, tell me about your, your one word in your initial reaction that would describe how you reacted to art pop. General, it was excitement and, and I'm going to add, I'm going to add another word, curiosity. Um, so one of Lady Gaga's first ways of kind of debuting some of the album was the iTunes Festival. I think it was that September. Um, our, you know, obviously Applause was already released. Applause was a, was a good song. It was okay, right? But like a first single means everything. And I think generally people, myself included, was kind of like, okay, it's a good song, but what else, right? Um, so I was excited for her to come back. That song was decent. It was okay. Um, today, it's a different story. We'll get to talk about it later. But then when she did this iTunes festival performance, which is very hard to find on YouTube these days, you have to really dig for it. Um, she did all these like, like at least four songs in the album, including some of my favorites, uh, Sex Dreams and Swine. Last night, 
And it was just like, what the hell is this? Like, I love it. Like, it's weird. It's, it's dancey. It's like exciting. And she wasn't like, she compared to Born This Way era wasn't dressing as nuts. She was still dressing kind of weird, but like she was kind of taking a little bit more of a, of a tamed back approach. And it was just curiosity and excitement at the time. Yeah, that's a really good point is, you know, she took the mask off for, for Art Pop. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in her previous albums, I mean, you, I don't know that I would have been able to recognize who Lady Gaga was on the street if I would see her. And then she kind of like bared down a little bit for, for our pop. You know, I, I would say my initial reaction to hearing the album, and it's not too different from when I listened to it in preparation for this show, is, is it felt like to me unfinished. Um, it, and it felt like a little, a little loud for my taste. Um, I know those are two album, two kind of, um, you know, disparate descriptions. I think like the main thing, and and what what captured me even like looking at her album today is like stylistically, even art pop. She she styles it all capital letters. Like so, it's like yelling at you a little bit, and and the music does that too, which is actually in stark contrast to a lot of like what what's like I guess trendy for pop pop music these days. If you look at Taylor Swift, if you look at Ariana Grande, they, everything on their album is all lowercase. It like kind of was set you up a little bit for how loud the album was. And that was like kind of my initial re reaction to hearing it again. Well, uh, that's where like, I think her fan base comes into play, right? Like you, I probably, you probably consider yourself prior to the album, a casual listener, right? Yeah, of, of art pop, yeah. But in Lady Gaga in general, like you liked her, but you weren't like a fan fan. Right. Correct. Correct. Okay. Well, like me, like I liked her. Right. I I bought the previous albums. Like I think Born This Way Again was a great album. I liked it. Um, but I think the loudness is definitely something that tends to resonate more with her gay audiences. And like I think that brash and you know her whole thing, finding the art in pop, and you know that like avant-garde type of. Of, of mechanism, like I think that is re really kind of spurred only a small subset of her audiences, right? Which is wh probably why when you think about the album's ultimate impact, it's kind of a flop, right? Because it's not meant for the masses. It's kind right. of this, like different off the wall pop music that at the time was kind of too loud for people, to your point. <laughs> What was the low moment of the era for you? It can be beyond just her music, but what was the low moment for for in terms of why this was perceived as, as a flop? Um, okay, so there's a couple different things here that really come to my mind. That same iTunes festival performance I mentioned. So she she performed like three or four songs. About three or three out of the four ended up turning out differently sonically on actual art pop. So, like swine, sex dreams, they still sounded the same, but they had different rhythms or tones and elements on the actual finished product. Right? Um, she completely changed 
the title of dope. Dope used to be called something along times of, uh, oh my God, what's it called? It's uh, something, love you always. It was about her fans and it was a love song. And it was very cliche, like it was very like, much, which is something you expect from Lady Gaga and Born This Way. But she completely changed it like a 180 and like made it about, you know, a drug dope and compared it to love and this really depressing song, as you've mentioned. Um, yeah. so one, because that showed lack of cohesiveness and flow. Um, the second one, she also rolled it out with an app. And to this day, I am pissed about this damn app because the app was a flop to the T. She said this app was going to be updated with, it's called Aura. It's going to update with new songs like and like other like B-side releases. And she's going to update it with new like exclusives. None of that shit happened. Like she completely dropped the ball on it. No pun intended, Aura ball. Like that's what the, uh -huh. anyway. Um, <laughs> like, but yeah, so I think those two things were indicative of the era and what was going to happen. Yeah, she, you're right. She made a lot of false promises in yeah. that era, and and you notice her in you know today uh, how how kind of tight lip she is on social media versus uh, what she was back then. My low point of the the era, and you may disagree because you're a fan of this song. Um, her performance at South by Southwest uh, of Flying. Having having the woman throw up green slime on her. What should have been a single? So if 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 you remember, and and I'm putting Venus on the table because she didn't release that one to radio, and that was a promo single. But she released "Do What You Want." She released "Applause" and "Guy." What was a, a, another track on the album that you think deserved to be a single? I'm literally pulling up on Spotify right now because I want to make sure that I'm like, this is a really tough question and I want to make sure I'm doing it right. Um, Do you want me to go first? <laughs> uh, I'll go actually. Like, okay, there's songs that I wanted to be singles, but they wouldn't have made a good one. But I think if she wanted to make an impact and done something that would actually kind of change the game, like, very limited choices, but I do think Venus would be a good one. When you touch me, I die. Just a little inside. I wonder if this could be love. This could be love. Cause you're out of this world. Galaxy, space, and time. I wonder if this could be love. It was, it was catchy. It was chill. And like, it was going to be actually the second single until Do What You Want happened, right? But... Mm -hmm. I think Do What You Want was a really strong choice. It's a really big bop. Um, and I'm sorry, but, you know, the R. Kelly situation definitely has us, you know. They, they still have the Christina Aguilera version, so you're safe. Yeah, but she's not, I don't know, that version's not that good. I mean, I mean, but. I thought you were a Christina fan. I like Christina. I like Christina. Yeah. We'll do that later on. But, like, but I don't know. Like, I, she oversings sometimes. But the R. Kelly version's good. But here's the thing. The controversy around that video too, that was never released. There's like a 30 second, one minute clip from that on YouTube you could find, like cause, spoil the entire album era, right? Like another single that could have been huge. And here she goes with controversy and pulling the plug and doing premature things. Yeah, I actually, I, I agree. I actually think Do What You Want is one of the most catchy songs on the album. So, um, and like general pop, like I think the general population Really, I like. I, I think that could have been a top five song, um, but I think the controversy with R. Kelly, the the kind of 
promotion of it going off the tracks really hurt it. Um, you know, I think one thing about Venus and like the other songs in the album that like re-listening to it was was like kind of a weird a weird thing for me is there's like a ton of Greek mythology and like astrology in like the album. I would have chosen one of my favorite songs in the album is actually Gypsy. Oh, um, I love Gypsy. I'm surprised you like that one. Yeah, it's kind of like you know what you know what I like about it is like she doesn't over sing no. um, to your point, and she doesn't like. I, I usually like sometimes I like the weird Gaga voices in her music, but like sometimes she overdoes it in this album, and there's more auto tune. And in this one, she just kind of sings, and it has a good chorus to me. Um, so I feel like it could be pretty like radio friendly so i said i don't want to be alone forever but i can be tonight i don't want to be alone forever but i love gypsy life i don't want to be alone forever maybe we could see the world together what aged like wine and <laughs> And what aged, what aged like milk? <laughs> so fucking gross. Um, yeah. As so, you're drinking your wine. <laughs> yeah, I drinking wine and like earlier this week, our power went out in Illinois because we had a derecho pass through, AKA like a series of tornadoes. And anyways, I got spoiled almond milk in my fridge. Oh. Um, was, well, sorry <laughs> to bring that, that back into your mind. <laughs> um, okay, age like wine. Oh man, that's a really And it doesn't one. have to be a song, can be just like your overall, the overall kind of feeling of the album. Well, the, the album overall has, has for me continued to be an amazing album overall. I love it to this day. It's a great one. It's, I actually have an album cover hovering over my bed in my room. I have a list. I don't know if you ever saw that. I have like a bunch of album covers, my favorite. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw. Do you like the cover? Like, did you think it was a good cover? Yeah, cover. It's okay. It's okay. I like it. I mean, but it's like, it's kind of too weird for me, you know, another element of it. If you were yeah. at Target as a lay audience on Black Friday, right at, right around the album release, if you're a mom, would you buy that album based on the cover? No, like that's not yeah. masses. But okay, so Age Like Wine, I would say Donatella, like it's such a good track that to this day, you throw it on at a club, it's still gonna like be like jam worthy and like, come on, it's kind of meta. It's like talking about fashion in the world with Donatella Versace, who's this amazing, powerful woman. Donatella Versace actually like in a video with um an interview a couple of, like just last year, I think she said that's one of her favorite songs because it's written about her. Um like milk, I would say jewels and drugs. Um it's a good song. I love the beat. I love it. It's killer, it's great. But like when you think about it, like I doubt you'd release that today because it's just kind of tone deaf and it's kind of culture appropriation in some ways. Um, and it's like her trying to reach into an audience and sound and snatch it. And um, I mean, anything with drugs now, right now, I just don't know if it's a good good vibe for modern day. Don't want your tools, don't want your drugs. Don't want your money, want your 
age the best to me. It's like her ambition and her like creativity and like the groundbreaking of the album. Like, I really think that she pushed the envelope with this in a time. I mean, if you look at Gaga, she produces a lot of music that at the time doesn't fit with what's popular in market. Even today, like Chromatica came out. The only person making happy pop music is like Dua Lipa. Like, you know, so, so it's, she kind of like, sometimes people can perceive that as like, she's missing, she she's missing like the moment in time a little bit and she's like dated or some people can see it as like, she's bringing something back or she's innovating. But what didn't age well to me, the R. Kelly feature. I mean, like that just oh, did well. The, the AMA's performance that she did with him. I was listening to the album and I listened to it a couple of times before this, this show. And um, it took me a minute to realize, I'm like, I've listened to this twice and Do What You Want isn't even on this. And I like completely forgot that was part of the album for a minute because yeah. um, it's removed. But I think that brings us to like, our rationale for what went wrong. I think it's twofold. I think one, um, I think Gaga's creativity needs to be packaged up. Um, it needs to be you know, packaged up and with a bow and she needs that direction. I think she can come up with a lot of great music, but she had just, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but she had just uh, cut ties with Troy Carter, her manager uh, the week before this was released. Um, and, and he's, He's heralded actually for a lot of the the way that Born This Way was packaged into yeah. this like anthematic album that's like you know um, LGBTQ yeah. uh, rights you know focused and, and gave it kind of that narrative. Um, Art Pop didn't get that. You're right. Like the app floundered. What happened to that? What happened to Act Pop, Act Two of Art Pop? Like, <laughs> all these pieces that fell apart. You know. Um, yeah. So I think that like she needed her creative creativity to be packaged up. Like even with Chromatica today, uh, like I don't see them doing it. Like she could have packaged that as like a an ode to '90s house music, right? And that could be your narrative. I I do think Gaga is still trying to figure out who she is a little bit back in 2013. Yeah. Um, and I think that like she's she loves the adoration of her fans. I mean, look at Applause was the the first single from that album. And I think that she like was was searching for a moving target instead of just like being herself and going in and producing great music that could then be packaged up as something amazing. So I think those two are like my my things for like what went wrong, but I'm curious to hear like what your macro thoughts are on that. It's that her head got too big. Her head was way too big at that point in her career. Um, riding the high from Born This Way. Um, and I, I think obviously there's probably a lot more factors to this, but Firing her manager right at the start of her era, horrible decision. Um, I believe that's the same time she got rid of her choreographer, um, who always been with her in the, since early in her career, and like she got rid of her. She cleaned house, right? And like she, I think, was using this like I'm artsy type of aesthetic and shtick here that is just not appealing, right? And I think she got cocky. Even the VMA performance that she did for Applause that opened up this show, she like went through the eras costume wise and wore like costumes in different eras of her life. Girl, you just had like two or three albums, like chill, relax. Like you're not at that level yet. And so I think, I think to me that era was at a wrong foot because she got a little bit too much 
uh, high self-esteem on that. And, you know, I think she got, she had that, uh, that pedestal definitely kicked under her. So she fell off for a bit um, after this era. But I think that to me set the tone in the very wrong way. How do you feel that she's, um, I guess, risen back from art pop and rebounded? What do you think has been the main factor? Um, so this is definitely reflecting 2020. Uh, yeah. Because I think Cheek to Cheek was a palate cleanser as well as the follow-up album with Tony Bennett. Um, there was a palate cleanser as you move into Flop Band, which I call very lovingly. It's, uh, you know, I, I think Flop Band is a horrible album and not good like our pop, but I digress. Um, that was also kind of palate cleansing. Take my hand, stay So that she had a steady runaway and mind you chromatica is about like the first album in like seven years that she released dance music and art pop being the last right so i think because she took her time to humble herself and be a little bit more kind of just playing the game in itself and uh i think that chromatica is the entrance into her new um womanhood her new sound and aesthetic moving forward um to me it's a launching pad for the next phase of her career as um, a woman in her early thirties, trying to find her footing in this new pop world that is really isn't pop dominated. And are you, are you team DJ white shadow or team blood pop? Uh, I love DJ white shadow. I, I love blood pop too. So, but DJ white shadow, like has some uh, hard hitting beats like government hooker uh, from born this way and the, his work on art pop. Uh, I don't know. He's got a soft spot in my heart. What brought her back to the masses to me has been her performing. Um, so if you remember, she crushed the Sound of Music medley at the Oscars a few years ago. Um, she performed at the Super Bowl, which honestly was the one thing that saved the Joanne era in terms of sales. She performed Million Reasons, and that's what brought it back. Um, and then A Star is Born live performances with Bradley Cooper. Um, obviously, A Star is Born was a huge huge uh, moment in her career brought her back with shallow uh, but i think people just want to see gaga on stage okay let's let's roll in quickly to a couple of tweets that we pulled um, and then we're going to give our final analysis on whether it was a flop or not um, so these are a few tweets that we found about art pop the first reading art pop is the john snow of gaga's album initially dismissed by the family, but then everyone realizes a couple years later that it was iconic. Um, the second is, as I said, Art Pop Act 2 isn't dead. Who else believes that they are still working on justice for Art Pop? This, this fan isn't going to let it die, Nick566. Well, shout out you, to that. you know that's a fan because they capitalize Art Pop in all caps, right? Yeah, there you go. They knew, they knew what's going on. Um, Art Pop Act 2, though, I really do hope they release someday. 
if you ever are bored, go on YouTube and look up Party Nauseous. It's a, uh, a demo you can hear from Art Pop that she played a clip of in her Art Pop Ball. Um, very amazing song. There's so many good tracks that she did not release that she was supposed to. So hopefully one day she does, but I doubt she will. And this was a famous tweet. I don't I don't know if you remember her tweeting this last year, but Lady Gaga tweeted, I don't remember art pop. And then Sam Stryker tweeted, and some of us choose to not remember Joanne or what Mike calls Flop Ann, um, which was not a fan favorite from a lot of her little monsters. I bow down to pray. I try to make the world seem better Mike, uh, I want to know, do you consider Art Pop a flop today or not? Mm, good question. Um, I do not because, first of all, those numbers compared to these these years, like no one gets numbers like that these days, right, um, in, in sales. Um, however, it's aged well overall because, as you saw, even a tweet, like it it's iconic now, right? People and her fan base, especially uh, rate it as one of those albums in her um, entire discography that is just stand out. It was different. It was uh, loud. It was abrasive. And it went against the grain of what was going on at that time. It fits nicely in music these days. I think it continues to age well. So I don't think that, um, I don't think that it. Uh, I don't think that it has, has a bad reputation as we do. It definitely is not a flop in twenty twenty view. Yeah, um, you know, and I think every every artist has some like justice for blank album, right? And this is Gaga's, um, and you know, I found that she has tons of high highs on this album. I mean, "Do What You Want" is a great song. Um, it's catchy. "Sex Dreams," "Gypsy," we talked about. Those are all great songs, um, but. She does have some very low lows to me. Swine. What's your perspective then? Or, uh, so my perspective is like, I think it, it was considered a flop because the sales were such a big decrease. There was a rumor that Interscope, you know, put 25 million into the product or lost 25 million into the album's marketing. I, I don't know that that's true. Um, Gaga denies it, but I, I think that to me, it was a letdown from her dominant era. But I would say looking back, it is like not a flop in my opinion. It was a part of her like cohe like her holistic artistry. Um, yep. And I think it's like a really cool experimental album that wasn't packaged correctly and didn't um, didn't come to life the way she imagined it. Um, so Steve, imagine yourself in 2013 listening to that album and then imagine yourself now in 2020 listening to the album. How would you say your listening experience differs? I would say my listening experience differs in the fact that like 2013, I really only like cared about pop hits. And uh, Macklemore. And, Macklemore. <laughs> and like, I feel like I'm a little bit more 
I, not that I was like in 2013, I was in grad, like I was just out of grad school. I was young in Chicago, like partying. I wasn't thinking about music as like from an analytical perspective. And mm -hmm. now I can appreciate the art that she meant to come along with the pop. You like that one, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that concludes our first show. Um, and, you know, Mike uh, and I will be doing this, uh, you know, consistently and reviewing a different album. So please uh, hit us up on social media uh, for at Flopography Podcast, uh, Instagram uh, and Twitter uh, for any albums you'd like to review or for any comments on how you feel about Art Pop back in 2013 or today. Uh, Mike, any closing remarks from your end? Yeah, so whether you're listening to us on video or through a simple audio, any podcast distribution platform that you prefer, um, just know that you have both options available. And again, engage with us. We want to hear what albums you want us to profile. Um, but also, if anything Steve said, not me and this podcast, that you want to uh, re review and just make sure you say, I disagree with you, let us know. We want to hear that side too. Yeah, and stand, stand Twitter. Be nice to us after this uh, episode. Yeah, don't cancel us, please. <laughs> don't cancel. Yeah. All right, Mike. See, this is fun. We'll, we'll do it again. And everybody have a wonderful, wonderful day. I live for the applause, applause, applause. I live for the applause, applause. Live for the applause, applause.